Connectors of taste, sommeliers are more than experts at pairing great wine and food. Hear from the wine, beer, and spirit storytellers we entrust to guide us towards the discovery of things we never even knew we loved on the Sommelier Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Sommelier Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the founder and CEO of Shall We Wine, Regine Russo. Regine, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. No, I'm so excited. I mean, we we're just talking a little bit beforehand and, you know, about the things you do and how cool is, is your life? I know it's a lot of work. But I, know, <laughs> I, know, I want to clarify that, you know, it's not all glitz and glamour all the time. But yeah, I want to just how did you get into wine and, you know, this lifestyle that you lead? Um, it is cool <laughs> and it is a lot of work, but, you know, without taking too much time going back, I was introduced to wine. Uh, and when I was 20 years old, I was living in Besançon, France, uh, as a study abroad student. And I was invited to the home of one of the host parents, and he happened to own a wine shop. And he did this really beautiful thing, which was um, create a wine tasting experience for me. And I remember, I was like, wait a minute, I'm 20 years old. You know, I we didn't drink wine at home. I always make fun of my mom because she only drank Menachevis, right? And here I am in France getting this wine education. Um, that was the day that I knew, I didn't know I was going to work in wine, but I knew I had discovered one of my passions or been introduced to one of my passions. And um, since that day, wine has always played a part in my life. And uh, fast forward to you know, graduating from college and working for a distributor, I, you know, eventually made it into a business. And I know we'll get into that. Oh, we definitely will. And I just love some of the things you have to say about business in general, about passion. But, you know, what was it about that moment? I'm curious, you know, when, when you just kind of knew or a light bulb went off or something, you know, lit a fire within you. What yeah. was it about that experience specifically that changed everything for you? You know, um, I've written about it several times, and the best way for me to describe it, and maybe I'll, I'll find better words, but when you walk into your moment, like when I walked into an art gallery for the first time, I got this chills, right? I knew I was going to become an art collector. Um, when I read um, you know, Judy Bloom as a child, you know, like I knew I was going to be a writer. So I don't know if I can say clearly what happened, but I think that we all have a knowing and we all have this goosebump moment that says, this is it. Something's going to happen because of this moment. And that's how I can describe it. Wow. Well, what it sounds like to me is that you really are tapped into your intuition and above all things, uh, seem like a courageous person that's willing to to just go after it right like hey i had a feeling and so kind of you know this is it this is all i i know now listen i've tried for a long time to ignore that voice that says do this do that she is much stronger than i am so <laughs> after years of trying to ignore her i've i've learned to listen wow and and so now you're on this journey with wine. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I loved about what you had said, you know, turning your passion into a business. Yeah. And that's something that you really did do, right? But how did you find your niche within the industry? I mean, you had writing. It could have gone a totally different way. I mean, Judy Bloom wasn't writing about wine. <laughs> she right? should have been. Right? <laughs> I'm sure she was it drinking might, wine. might have been inspired by wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so for you, what was that that, that 
and it was it, that really was it's, it's about wine as much as you write i mean you're writing about wine yeah, mm-hmm. for the most part right yes so so yeah just how did you cultivate this lifestyle where you said this is really what i want to do is how i want to um make money as well you know have a profession within it when did that happen for you and and how did how did that happen for you? So it, it took a long time because, um, you know, prior to 2013, so I actually started Shall We Wine back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I was working for a distributor at the time, and what I really realized is what I like was turning regular people, consumers onto wine more than people who I worked with, right? So at working for a distributor, you're selling wine to um, restaurants and to retail stores. So that was great. I love that. But it was when I took a bottle to a friend's house and saw the light go on. That's when I knew I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Like, okay. did you see yourself at 20 years old in France having those moments with people? I, I Well, not in France, but when I came back to the U.S. Did you relate to their experiences, like, in that those light bulb moments yes. you know, when you were in France? Yes. Again, right? And to be honest, it's like I knew I was introducing people to a world that they didn't know. For sure. Right? And it was super cool because it's like, oh, maybe they're going to feel as excited. Maybe they're going to want to travel around wine in the same way that I wanted to, you know, back then. Absolutely. So um, anyway, what was your question? Now I forgot. <laughs> you know, how, how did you cultivate oh, the, yeah. and then, you know, okay, so, the journey of the business? I yeah. Guess. Okay. So I'm, I'm selling wine and, you know, liking it, but realizing that there's something more that I want. So I, I start this, you know, um, Shall we wine? I started doing these pop-up events in 98, 99 when there, you know, there wasn't like, um, you couldn't buy tickets online. It was just Ticketmaster, right? Which was super expensive. <laughs> right, right. So I was going around like selling tickets to my events. Like you printing them out kind of thing? Yes, awesome. absolutely. No, Look it wasn't you. awesome. Come I was on. like, you know, I was like pulling up to someone's um, job downtown and was like, okay, meet me at the car. <laughs> Come get your tickets. Look at I, you. was hustling. Hustling. I, I was mean, hustling. I was hustling. Good for you. Um, and, and side hustling, right? Because you still had a job. Exactly. So, and I'm glad you brought it back to that because throughout my entire life, up until 2013, I felt like I was always hiding a part of myself. So I had a full-time job working for a corporation. So I left the wine industry. I went into pharmaceutical sales and medical devices. Then I worked for a litigation consulting firm. And all that time, I had these side businesses, right? And I I made my, I, I, I told myself that you can only be one thing. Um, and I really believe that. And so that one thing for you was your corporate identity? Exactly. And I had to hide everything else. Sure. 2013, the company that I was working for laid me off. And I, I think of it as like one of the best days of my life because I was pretending to be someone that I wasn't. So I sat on my couch and made a business plan. But I didn't do it in the way that an MBA would tell you. I said, what the heck do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be when you grow up? Exactly. And how do you want to live? <clears throat> right? It wasn't about what I did. It was how, did I, how do I want to live? I like calling it like designing your life. That's right? it. Yeah. And I designed the business around what I wanted. Yep. So what I wanted was to bring my full self 
into a business. I wanted to use all of my talents and I knew that I wanted to go back to my passion for wine because I never stopped loving wine. I just didn't know how to make it a business. And it seems like not just wine, but people and the, yeah. you know, the, the, what that does, the relationship it creates within wine, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Shall We Wine was relaunched and I knew I wanted to um, work with people. I knew I wanted to work with brands and help them sell wine. And I created a card, a business card that said, Shall We Wine, uh, in-store demos, which we'll talk about that, that's what we do, events and TV. And I would just hand my card out and, you know, people understood in-store demos, you know, they understood events and then they would say, what's this TV part? And I would be like, mind your business. <laughs> and they would say, you know, what TV show are you, are you on? And I'd be like, just don't worry about it. It's coming. It's yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah. It's in production. It's in production. And um, so, you know, that's that's how I like rebranded or started the business. And, you know, in the last nine years, I've added services. I've taken things away. And as we were talking about with your own business, you know, you have to reinvent, you have to shift, and then you have to determine which ones of your services are really profitable, are worth your time. And so there have been a lot of changes um, to get me to this point right now. You've been sculpting it. I've been and sculpting it. And figuring out what works and what doesn't. Yes. So yes. in terms of what you do in creating experiences, right? Because I think activations, I don't want to say it's straightforward. but It is it might straightforward. Be, okay, yeah, okay yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Now, but experiences can, whew, I mean, you could go in any direction, right? And yeah. really create, what is it that you try to focus on or what's that level of service that you provide your clients to create the experiences that they're looking for? Or, you know, is it a combination of not only what they're looking for, but also like, hey, we don't know, and <laughs> we want you to just tell us. Yeah, it's it's a lot of a conversation, right, about, so I'll give an example. You, we used to work with a pretty big um, whiskey brand, High West. Okay. And we started doing activations for them. This was back in, say, 2015, 2014. Um, and through that relationship, I developed a relationship with a local marketing person, and they wanted to reach more consumers. So we created these small experiences highlighting their brand. One of them was we hired a mixologist and we created cocktails and paired the cocktails with popcorn, right? Interesting. To show how, you know, look, <laughs> you can have this um, really beautiful spirit, this beautiful bourbon, neat, or you can be playful and create these cocktails and, you know, pair it with something as simple as popcorn, all these different flavors of popcorn. Same brand, we did an experience with them where we did bourbon and brisket, right? And it was a more of a, like a luncheon where we paired um, the different expressions of the bourbon with, um, with brisket, and then we also had a mixologist there, and we taught them how to make a lot of different cocktails. So it was hands-on, they got to eat, we had the music, and that's where we find that consumers become loyal to a brand. It's not just about tasting it, but it's about how do I incorporate it into my life? 
And that's what we do with our events. That sounds incredible. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So I mean, you're, I mean, as much as you're into the the you know wine and, and those things, and, and and you know, on one end you're writing about it, and that's a job in and of itself, yes, right? Like it is. That's a career that you can focus on that and do nothing else and just write about wine. But mm-hmm. here you are creating events, and you're like. It's this whole community that you're really embracing and and cultivating through it, right? Mm-hmm. That on one end you're writing about it, you're creating this ex- this education um, mm-hmm. through your expertise, but on the other end, I'm sure that you're even offering that expertise through the events that you create, right? Yes. How do you manage all of that? Well, you know, like I said, when I came up with the plan, I wanted to use all of myself, right? And so these are things that I I'm interested in doing, but more importantly, there things that are effective. So if the goal is to show consumers how to incorporate wine and spirits into your lifestyle, then everything that I do is about that. So the writing is about that, right? Because the column that I write for Pix Wine, P-I-X, is their stories. And they're not like, you know, here's the soil type, they're not about, you know, this is the climate of the region, which are very important, but it's more like, here's a story. Like I wrote about the last one that's gonna be published this week was about what Paris means to me and missing Paris. And then talking about the wines that transport you back to Paris, right? So the goal is um, putting wine and spirits in a context where regular people can feel connected to it. So that's what the events do. That's what our Instagram page, that's what the the work that we do for clients, you know, where we create videos for clients. Again, lifestyle driven videos so that the consumer says, oh, okay, this wine, Pinot Grigio del Venencia, is gonna be really good with my salad. And here's why, you know. So anyway, that's that's what it's about. No, and, and you know, it's- one of the things that I, I really appreciate and love that we're doing is is this approachable uh, take on on everything, right? Not mm-hmm. just uh, wines and spirits, but and beer, but really all our podcasts. And so one of the things that when you had mentioned was, you know, you like bringing people in, but meeting them where they're at. And Absolutely. so despite your expertise, I feel like, and I would love to hear your opinion on this, but the majority of people don't know anything about wine. Mm-hmm. That they're like, hey, I, I know I like red. I know maybe I like a cab, but beyond that, you know, that's kind of it. And so what's that approach that you take with people or the advice that you give when people are interested in wine beyond just, you know, I like red or I like white, yeah. and they want to explore that? So let, let me say this. Um, one thing that I always remember is I, I don't know everything, right? There's I'm a lot to always, know, right? Right. I'm always learning. And I have my colleagues, and we sit down, we study together, we taste together, and we learn from each other. So I always meet people at a place of, we're gonna study and learn together. Even though, yes, I have the title, yes, you know, I've done the courses, because I'm going to learn something from you as a wine right. novice, right? right? Because I love listening to wine novice because their descriptions are so awesome. And I'm like, ooh, can I borrow that? Can I use that description? Because you're walking into it from a pure sense, right? right. So the first thing I ask is, if you say you like red and you like white, I work with the wine and spirits curious. So I would say, what are you curious about? 
what do you really want to know? Do you really just want to find more wines to drink? Do you want to impress your girlfriend, <laughs> your, your, your boyfriend? Like, what is it that you're trying to do, right? So that I can help them, you know, with one or two pieces of advice that's going to move them a little bit closer. So if you say, you know, I like red wines, but man, every once in a while, I just want something really refreshing. I want to try something lighter. I don't want to always drink Cabernet Sauvignon, right? Then we'll say, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to introduce you to a Russian River Pinot Noir that might be a little bit fuller in body than a Willamette Valley Pinot Noir. But I'm going to go take you on your journey and give you something that is lighter, but still maybe a little bit richer so that we're going to, um, we're not going to shock your palate too much. So that's what I do. I, I like to create a journey so that, you know, I'm taking you out of your comfort, comfort zone, but not too, too far out of your comfort zone. No, I love that. And even as you're saying it, you know, I think even for me, kind of missing the point of everything you're doing and, 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 and you hit on it so well, but it's this journey that you're on, right? Yes. That it's about the journey. It isn't about the, the arriving at a place where you become an expert, but rather embracing that journey and saying like, yeah, you, along the way, I get to try all these different wines and find out what I like, find out what I don't like. Yeah. And, and, and and part of that is you with the experiences you create where they are, have the opportunity to do wine tastings, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have these activations and uh, it's pretty straightforward, like we talked about, and you know, you're there for a particular purpose, you might do a pairing, but what about, are those experiences also for, you know, not brands, but rather just companies who want to put on a experience for their, you know, for their employees or their clients or whatever it is, like how much of that do you do? Absolutely. I would say we do more of that work than activations, uh, primarily because of COVID, right? Because of COVID, we couldn't do yeah a lot in person. So we have corporate clients that we create experiences for where we work with different vendors, we ship out beautiful boxes that have cocktails and have snacks, and then we get online and we will, I will take them through the cocktails or take them through the wines. Um, now that the world's opened up, we have this for consumers. So if you go to our website and you check out our events, we're going to start doing in-person events where, hey, you know, you want to learn about uh, wine, you want to taste sparkling wines, we'll do an in-person event, not sponsored by any brand, but brands that I just say I really like, and you might try a cava, a prosecco, a champagne, um, even a sect, which is a German sparkling, you know, so um, we do want to create and always create these experiences for just, you know, regular people who want to learn about wine. And I think it's so important to mention because I was... You know, I, I mean, I guess I'm I'm not shocked by anything these days, you know, but mm -hmm. the integrity that you have when you were speaking about even some of the trips that you took and, you know, experiencing different vineyards and, you know, just winemakers, regions, whatever that is, that you are super, I mean, your integrity is everything into what you do, that you're not going to support a product or, or that you don't, you don't believe in wholeheartedly. And so to hear that, you know, not only is it not sponsored, but that you're doing it because you genuinely believe in it, I think is so important. And, you know, one of you just shed a little light on that, that about what that looks like as a journalist, that, you know, it, it's not that they're, you're being told what to do or that you're being told what to write. This yeah. is really coming from your personal experience and, and your true beliefs about how you feel about a, a particular product, right? Absolutely. So, you know, I have... 
well, I've been in situations where I've been asked to work with a brand and have said, oh, thank you, but this does not fit my personal brand or my company's brand, right? And usually the person um, says, you know, I, I get it, I appreciate it. But let me say one thing, or two things. One, yes, I will never endorse a brand that I just don't think is, I don't have a respect for, right? That, um, you know, I never write about wines with, that I have worked with, you know, brands that I've worked with. Because as a journalist, you have to keep that integrity and you have to keep that wall up. On the other hand, I want to say this. What my um, education has taught me is to understand wines at different levels. So there are wines that someone else could say, oh, this wine is crap, right? I might taste it and I say, but this wine has a space, right? This wine may be perfect for someone who's really new to wine, Mm. and this is a good introduction. So there are some wines where my colleagues may think, "Uh, I would never put that on my page or I'd never write about that. Well, I'm going to explain why, because I think it has a a, a place and it's for a particular audience. I think that's really important to differentiate. Well, I think it shows your wisdom in this space, too, that it's not just about you, right? I mean, you're really writing for the reader (laughs) and and trying to be objective about that. Mm -hmm. While understanding that you do have an opinion yes. <laughs> and you have preferences, yes. right? Yes. And one of the things that, that you just mentioned that I think is so important to bring up is your personal brand. Mm-hmm. Because despite that, you know, you're talking about wine, and I mean, which is an indulgence, right? You can't drink all the wine in the world, right? No, yeah, it's yeah. not an indulgence. It's a necessity. That's no, a necessity. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you do balance that with this healthy lifestyle that you lead, right? And that you advocate for Tell me a little bit about that, you know, the journey you're on, uh, on this other side of, of the, the spectrum. Yeah, thank you for asking that. You know, like your health, your body, and I don't mean your body in terms of fitting into a size four or whatever. I mean, taking care of your body and honoring your body with the foods that you put in and the workout and the commitment that you have is so important to me. It has helped me so much in my business to get right with my body. You know, I'll give you an example. Like this morning, um, I know I need to jog more. You know, I'm I'm a (laughs) walker. And so I I made a commitment to jog, right? And this morning I got up, 6.30, I was out of the house and I was jogging instead of walking. And on my way back, I said to myself, good job, Regine. You honored your commitment to yourself and you did 6.30 discipline. You did what you were supposed to do. And it's the same thing that's gotten my business to where it is, right? If you say, I'm going to work on a story from 7 to 10, and you honor that, you become a better writer. You make money as a writer, right? You honor your commitment to your business. I'm going to work on my projections. Um, So anyway, being fit and working out and um, committing to my, my body and my mind uh, that's a big part of what I do, and it's um, it's key to my success. And not only that, but you're also sharing that with others, right? Yes. I mean, it's part of it that yeah. you know. On one end, you're doing this, and and you're really living it. But on the other end, I mean, it's it's an important balance of as you look at someone, that, especially like what you're writing for with wine, that there's this other side of it that says. 
Life is a balance, it right? Is. You can't just be focused on one thing. I mean, you have to have this other thing in, in place in order to be able to enjoy even the wine, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, it's not about indulgence with wine. I think it's about um, being curious. It's about learning. And it is about balance. You know, like you can't drink a bottle every night. <laughs> you, <laughs> know, sure. yeah, the, yeah. you know, you can't do that. Or you also can't run 10 miles every day. I don't think you can. I'm sure some people do. People do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. People do. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I don't think I've run 10 miles in the last two years. So. <laughs> I, I might need to change it in 20. So I'll join you in those jobs. There you go. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about you. And I mean, I know that um, as far as the things that you write about and you're very objective and, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a space for everyone. But what is your, like, what are your preferences what do you like what do we, when you're at home what is regine's uh, uh you know wine exploration look like oh what do i drink what do you drink oh, what do you like gotcha. to drink how do you choose wines i mean what do you look for you know what i'll tell you something um it, it's i don't always choose wines for myself because i'm always thinking about the projects that sure, i have sure, coming sure. up uh, it's, it's really interesting because I'm like, what do I want to drink, right? So I love, God, I love so many wines. So tonight, <laughs> um, I'm getting together with some friends. So I have a bottle of 2018 Cava. I can't think of the producer that I put in the fridge for tonight. Okay. So I do love sparkling wines um, a lot. Um, I do love Rieslings. Um, you know, older German Rieslings are just amazing. Um, I, I surprisingly, I, I tend to like whites uh, a lot. I love Italian whites um, because I feel like you have to work harder to really take your time and pick up the nuances. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I love it all. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I, I really do. And it's like when I get to choose for myself, I think of now do I want to drink? What am I in the mood? Like, what's my mood? And depending on the mood, that's the bottle that I'm going to grab. Okay. Yeah. Now, those older uh, German Rieslings, do, are, are they sweet or not as sweet? Good question. So both, right? Okay. Um, the, one of the last ones I had was a 2006 Hof, which is spelled H-U-F-F. Uh, it was amazing. It was a Spätzle's. Uh, so it was a little bit on the sweeter side. Um, but, you know, because of the age, it kind of mellowed out. But Rieslings, you can find Rieslings that are bone, bone dry. And people think that Rieslings are sweet. Right, right. No, it's one of the most fantastic grapes where you get these dry, dry Rieslings all the way up to a sweet, luscious Riesling. I know there's a very... Uh novice question but no. does it say it on the bottle like this is dry and this is sweet or I, no and no? that's that's the hard part yeah that is the hard part when you're trying to figure it out because it can be a totally different experience yeah between rieslings right it, exactly exactly so this is why it's important to have a guide you know go to a store that you really trust you know to buy your wines so that you can have someone there and say hey Oh, I heard this podcast and one was talking about dry <laughs> Riesling. Where is that? You know, and they'll they'll point you to a drier style. They might even point you to um, somewhere in um, uh, Austria where there's you know some drier style Rieslings. So, yeah, they're they're out there. All right. Yeah. And last question I have for you is, what's on the horizon? What's the vision for you know 2022 but beyond? Um, great question. So. I have achieved so many of the things that I had on my list with the company. Uh, not all of them. Thank you. So what I'm working on this year is to dream bigger. Um, because now that I am confident that I can make 
uh, the things that I wanted to happen happen. Now it's about what's the next level? You know, how far do I want to take this um, business? So it's I'm really focused on doing more television, more videos, um, and honestly, you know, generating more money. <laughs> yeah, Try bigger some of partnerships. Those bigger partnerships. And yeah. Fancier wines, maybe. Yeah. At, least, at least have the option, right? Exactly. Well, I drink, I, I'm lucky. I drink pretty well. <laughs> I but, bet. I bet. Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, it's, and I'm not afraid to, to say that I'm ambitious and I want to generate more because the more that I have, the more that I can give and the more people that I can employ. So I have big dreams for Shall We Wine and for Regine Rousseau and you know, I'm attacking them. I, I love it. And anything we can do to support you, you know, we're here and we're behind you. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you and the people around you. So thank you for coming in, sharing your story and being a part of our community. Thank you for having me.